Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy Tuesday, football fans. Welcome in to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you again. And I'm excited because my co-host, NFL Safety, J.J. Wilcox, is back after a little sabbatical last week. J.J. was busy, so I had Jill McCoy join the show, and now J.J. is back, ready to rock and roll. So before we get into a bevy of topics, J.J., first things first, brother, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Hey, I'm doing good, Isaac, man. Glad to be back in the mix. Glad to be back talking some good football. Yeah, last week, man, I got busy. I had to run a couple of business trips and do different things here. I felt like uh, my job had got taken for a moment, but I'm glad to be back and know that I was still in the starting lineup. So it feels good to be back with you, brother. Nah, bro, I just put you on the pup list, physically unable (laughs) to perform list. I activated you this morning, so you're ready to rock and roll. There we go. There we go. I like to hear that. I know you weren't on the podcast last week, but... Just for the listeners, I went nine and six with my picks from last week, so not the best. I would have been ten and five if it wasn't for that crazy Browns upset over the Bengals yeah. last night. That was totally unexpected. I know a lot of people, such as myself, chose the Bengals to win that one, but I do know that uh, I got the better end of Gerald McCoy. That's for sure. So as long as that's good, you know, I'm gonna continue to roll through as we get to Week Nine, JJ. But big trade yesterday, man. Linebacker Roquan Smith, All Pro traded to the Baltimore Ravens, the Chicago Bears under Ryan Poles, a new regime, Matt Eberflus there, the head coach. They're rebuilding. They already Mm -hmm. traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles, got a draft pick there. Now they get a second and a fifth in the 2023 NFL draft. Now, of course, there were the contract negotiations that didn't quite go well between Roquan Smith and the Chicago Bears. J.J. Roquan Smith, unlike most players, was representing himself. He didn't have an agent, and so I think... Things got personal between him and Ryan Poles and couldn't agree on a number. And so, long story short, he asked for a trade. They end up keeping him for the first half of the season. Now he's in Baltimore, and the Bears get some more draft picks. So, Roquan Smith is a fantastic off-ball linebacker, 25 years old, playing out his fifth-year options. going to be a free agent in 2023 so the Ravens are gonna have to figure out whether they're gonna pay him or if they're gonna be content letting him go being a rental because remember they do have the franchise tag but they're gonna use that on Lamar Jackson if they're unable to agree to a deal so a lot of things to consider in the future but nonetheless big reinforcement of Baltimore what do you think about that trade I think it's a huge pickup I know they was having bang they was banged up in some injuries uh, at the linebacker position with Quan. And um, some other guys as well. So I think that is a great pickup. I think it would, it would be a new great start for Rokon as well. 
We know the struggles that he faced this offseason holding out and doing different things. But I'm also proud of him, too, because at the end of the day, he know how important football was. He know how important this year was to him. And he did what he had to do. He came in, he filled a position, he played, he helped his defense do the much they could. Uh, they couldn't come to agreement. I hate to see him go, but I'm glad to see him go to a defense, a dominant type team, even in the Ravens, you know, with some good outside cast to help him. Uh, with a great defensive-minded coach as well. So I think Roquan is in a great situation right now. I think they're going to be a, a playoff-caliber team. I think Chicago knew what they was getting into. Uh, I think they know that their season right now is going to be hard to bite and get over Minnesota right now. Minnesota's playing great ball. So um, he's in a great situation to go to a playoff-caliber team and a team that actually needs and use their linebackers very efficiently. So great pick by the Ravens and a great choice by Roquan. As you all know, today is the trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And J.J., how cool is this right now as we're recording our podcast breaking news into the pro football chase podcast we just have another big time trade an interdivisional trade jj that is sending tj hawkinson to the minnesota vikings oh wow wow oh i'm just now seeing this too oh man so they sent them to a rival? That, that's unheard of. And actually, never I think I've never seen that before. You sent them to one of your rivals right now to actually, I think they got to play again, too, in a sense. So, um, wow, man, I, that's kind of a first-time deal for me and unheard of, really, once you're trying to win your conference to do different things because you, now you got to see them twice a year now. So um, maybe the Lions know something that we don't know, and maybe they feel like, hey, you know, something's, you know, they feel like things are better or they got somebody else behind them that can play ball. So, but it's a great pickup for Minnesota on, a, on the way they play ball, too, using that tight end. So, um, yeah, breaking news to me, and that's the first time for me to see this type of trade. And that's another big-time weapon that Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell are going to have there in Minnesota. That's an offense that already features Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Now you add TJ Hawkinson, but I am a little bit surprised, JJ. I know Irv Smith, their starting tight end, is dealing with an injury, and so that obviously increased their need for a tight end and so they call their rivals the Detroit Lions and Brad Holmes and they work out a trade so Minnesota is sending Detroit a 2023 second round pick 2024 third round pick for Hawkinson a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick so a lot of picks being exchanged JJ but this is a massive trade for a Vikings team that is just a one-loss squad with an eye to making a big-time Super Bowl run. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, like I say, Irv Smith was a big part of their offense as well. We know they're a tight end um, usage team with Kirk Cousins and this past and his history too. Um, like you said, I think the Lions kind of understand where they're at on the rankings and different things of that sort. I think they're going to do the same and they try to rebuild next year as well. So a uh, great pickup for Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what the line, how the Lions move forward. All right, let's go ahead and segue to our Player of the Week segment, J.J., who was one player that stood out to you this week? Man, I had a couple. Man, um, I had a couple from Philly. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't roll with Philly. I know you know I'm gonna ride with my Cowboys and different sorts like that. So I didn't go. AJ Brown. He had a great game. Uh, Darren Henry had a great game. A great game as well. Uh, but I was impressed, and I've been impressed with this guy all year long, man. I I spoke with this this player. He was, came out the same year with me. Uh, he was a first round draft pick, and um, I'm gonna give it to Geno Smith, man. He got. He took care of a great Giants team uh, at home. Uh, with all the diversity against them, nobody picked them to win. I didn't pick them to win. I thought the Giants were going to take care of business. But Geno came out, man. Geno Smith played great ball. He was 23 for 34. 67% of his passes was completed, 212 yards, 
two touchdowns, no turnovers, and 104 pass rating, man. If you got a quarterback that, that plays that good with the, with the circle cast that he has and the, the wide receiver core that he has, the running back didn't do as much, but hey, you know, he's not turning the ball over. He's he's making his completions and doing what he's doing. It's going to be hard to beat a team like that. And um, Geno Smith, man, he just keep finding a way to keep winning and keeping this team alive. And um, I think they might be number one in the NFC West outside of San Francisco. So, hey, who knows? But this team is playing great ball. My hats off to Geno Smith for the year he has and the uphill battle that he had coming into this season. Yeah, Geno Smith continues to play at a high level. And Shout out to Geno and the Seahawks. They beat the New York Giants, which was great news as a Cowboys fan. The Seahawks are leading the NFC West. They're number one in their division. The Giants are now third behind the Cowboys and the Eagles, which is good news for Cowboy fans. But but yeah, Geno Smith, man, continues to be impressive. Every week, people just are waiting for Geno Smith to play some bad football. But it's really cool to see that Pete Carroll has really rejuvenated Geno Smith. You got Kenneth Walker, who is going off, and he's my fantasy football running back. Won me a couple of matchups. The guy's a stud. And so nobody thought this Seahawks team would be leading the NFC West after eight weeks. Now, for me, JJ, I'm going to go to Minnesota. So they just made news. We just talked about that big trade. But how about Zadarius Smith? He was dominant on Sunday, seven total tackles, seven solo, three sacks, four tackles for loss, one pass defense, three quarterback hits, and that big-time win for the Minnesota Vikings over the Arizona Cardinals, 34-26. And Smith's third sack came in crunch time when Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense, they were trying to engineer game-tying drive late in the fourth quarter. He comes down with the big-time sack. He earned a game ball. Helped the Vikings improve to 6-1, and one, and he is now tied for the NFL lead in sacks with 8.5. J.J. tied with Patriots outside linebacker Matthew Judon. Zadarius Smith has proven to be a very wise signing for the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. He was a force in Green Bay. Um, unfortunately, last year he was dinged with some, some injuries as well. But we all knew what he brought to the table. He's a guy to not to get after the pass rush, also can stop the run, and then also can chase and chase down screens as well. To his athleticism is something that Zadarius Smith has been very, very, very highly at. Uh, he's a great pass rusher. He's been doing it for a long, great time. And I'm glad he got with an organization that appreciates him and shows you the, 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 the worth of a veteran. Uh, presence and a guy that's playing at an elite level right now. So hats off to Darius Smith, and that was a great pick as well. All right, here we go. Most impressive win of the weekend, JJ. There were a lot to choose from, but I'm going to go with my guy, Red Rifle, the New Orleans Saints, 24-0 shutout over Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. We can have a whole segment about the Raiders and how they continue to underachieve and underwhelm their fan base. They are absolutely in shambles right now after that type of performance. Derek Carr couldn't move the ball down the field. Defensively, they couldn't hold Andy Dalton. Alvin Kamara went off for three touchdowns. But that defense finally came through, J.J. We've talked a lot about how that Saints defense had been disappointing. But I'll tell you what, Dennis Allen had his unit ready to go against his former team. They forced five punts, intercepted their second pass of the year, held the Raiders to just 183 total yards. And you know what? They're right back into the thick of things in the NFC South because the Falcons, who, by the way, are leading the division with a 4-4 record, the Saints are not far behind now with their third win coming on Sunday. And so I got to say, I was very impressed 
with their first-round pick, Peyton Turner, a former first-round pick. Two of those sacks came against the Raiders. And then Alante Taylor, another rookie, held Devontae Adams to one catch for three yards. That was wow. the lowest input for Devontae Adams since 2015. You know, and Josh Jacobs, who had just ran for 441 yards and six touchdowns over his last three games, was held to just 43 yards. So it was a masterpiece for the Saints defense. A shutout win in the NFL, J.J., is very yeah. hard to come by, and the Saints did just that. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr, he uh, got benched in the fourth quarter. I've seen that the offense didn't even reach the Saints, ter- uh, the Saints territory at all in the game. And that's something I think is a bit unheard of, too. And like you say, with the blowout as well. But uh, I think it was time for the Saints. We all knew what the Saints had to do. We all knew it was kind of the team they was on the paper. And um, I think they stepped up and showed it, man. You know, they got Alvin Kamara uh, going, got him going in the passing game and also in the rushing game. Um, Andy Dalton did a great job of being conservative, doing what he can do, uh, not turning the ball over as well. And um, I think this team here was just on the, on the verge of doing some great things. And I'm glad they got a chance to do it. And for the Raiders, um, I just don't understand it right now, man. They got a lot of key pieces. They got people that's familiar faces with with uh, Derek Carr as well as Devontae Adams. And um, it just seemed like it's not clicking. The defense as well either. I don't know if it's uh, they're not you know, taking it serious or understanding the defense or understanding what they have to do. But uh, I think it's time, man. I think it's time for them to kind of reconsider or, or go back to the drawing board and do some different things far as getting these key pieces that they have because they have the pieces in the parts to get it done, but they're not doing it. So um, that was a great win for the Saints and well-deserved for them as well. I'll say right now for me, it would be the commanders. Uh, They did a great job of going into a hostile environment. We know what the coach can do. Uh, We know what they can do at home. Um, Unfortunately, you know, they didn't have Matt Ryan underneath the center. And you expect for the coach to do different things different since they made a quarterback position with Sam Ellinger. Uh, But it didn't seem like it did much. It didn't seem like it helped much at all. If um, if anything, you know, he, he had 201 yards uh, passing, but zero touchdowns. You know, he, he didn't make a huge mistakes, but he turned the ball over on the Washington 20-yard line. That's something, two, two fumbles. That's something you can't do, especially when you're going in and, and trying to take care of a team and put the dagger in them. But, you know, like I spoke to you before, I told you how the Washington, um, the commanders, how they respond to Tyler Heineken. And what he does and what he offers as being a playmaker outside of the pocket, inside of the pocket, and just having that good culture and that good belief system that they have with him. Uh, they they believe in him. He does some great things. I don't know if he has a great chemistry with them in the locker room, but every time he takes control and on the center, the Washington commanders always stick out. And I think it's time for us to bring recognition to Tyler Harnikin and what he's done when he's gone underneath the center. Uh, Terry McLean and what he does and the catches that he did to put them on the one-yard line to beat uh, all-pro corner and um, – step on Gilmore. So uh, my, my biggest upset, my biggest win was the uh, Washington Commanders. Yeah, Taylor Heineke, man, he has provided a spark for that Washington offense. And he's a fun quarterback to watch, too. He's a gamer. I mean, he brought back yeah. Washington on the road against a desperate Indianapolis team that was looking to get a win with Sam Ellinger. In fact, the Colts just fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, this morning. So that's a team that is in disrepair, trying to figure things out. Heineke gets the job done, connects with Terry McLaurin, and then they make that comeback. So, yeah, I've been very impressed with how Taylor Heineke has come back in again and has just fueled that Washington offense now on a four-game win streak. They're 4-4 four and four right in the playoff mix as well. So, Quite a crazy story going on there in Washington. Now it's time for a new segment this week. JJ, throw the challenge flag. 
who's under critical review after week eight. So I'm throwing the challenge flag on Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, JJ. Mm. I did talk about him maybe three weeks ago when he performed in the clutch against the Steelers and helped them win in the fourth quarter, but he was really bad on Sunday. And this was a big game for the Jets because you know what? They hadn't beaten the Patriots in 12 straight games. They were at home, a streak that had dated back to 2016. The Jets were riding a win streak, the momentum, there was buzz in New York. And then Zach Wilson comes out, lays an egg on the field, threw three interceptions, and it's a 22-17 loss to a New England Patriots team that just got embarrassed in primetime by the Chicago Bears. And I understand, you look at his numbers, JJ, 20 for 41, 355 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, and you're going to say 355, I mean... How is that bad? Well, he threw for 203 of those yards in the second half. It was the interceptions, though, that were costly. Three of them that really set this Jets team back, J.J. And you know that that defense in New York under Robert Salah, they are performing at a very high level. And now there's a lot of conversations going on. Well, maybe the Jets, they're quarterback away still. Maybe Zach Wilson isn't quite who they need. He certainly needs to play better. He acknowledged that after the game. Robert Salah also talked about Zach Wilson's going to have to up his game if we want to get back into the playoffs. But now they've lost 13 straight to the New England Patriots. And it was a big loss, J.J., divisional loss. And now yeah. the Patriots are right on their tails as well. And, of course, the Dolphins 5-3 and three winning again. So just not a good performance from Zach Wilson on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think this. I think the Jets team needed this, not only just for uh, the sake of the conference, but just his confidence as well. And I think Belichick, he, it was a pride game for him. I think he took pride in this game. He would never. You know, we know the history of him and the Jets and, and, you know, how he's been so dominant in that conference. And I think it came down to, hey, we don't lose to the Jets. We are the New England Patriots, regardless of what we did on prime time against the Chicago Bears. We don't lose to the Jets. And I think the team responded well to that. They did a great job. Uh, Mac Jones did a great job of, you know, he didn't have the perfect outing to kind of just um, outbeat and be the quarterback one. But I think he did a good job, 24 for 35 for 194 uh, yards. Uh, Stevenson ran ran amazing against a Jets team that was that is known for stuffing the run and a Robert Salute type of defense too. So, And I think the uh, the running back, that uh, Brent Hall, the guy um, – not the guy, but the, the main breed and the offense went down with that injury. I think it kind of, you know, put a hiccup in their game. So now they got to kind of go back to the drawing table. Um, they was kind of um, he was their breadwinner. He was the guy that was the he was the bell cow. He was the guy that was carrying that team, that team and keeping the load off of um, Zach Wilson. Some. So when you take that away from him and now he had to step up and be a pocket passer. I think uh, Belichick knew that defensively. He schemed some great things up. And um, that's how he was able to walk out of the MetLife with a great win over a great New York Jets team. Yes, sir. Now, who's somebody, a coach, player, team, JJ, that you want to put under critical review, that you want to toss that red challenge flag out on the field for? Yeah, I'm going to throw the flag and blow the whistle on this one, man. The Panthers, um, they had a chance to go into a very high-style Atlanta Falcons great team and win this game, man. I'm going to throw – I'm not going to throw anybody underneath the bus, but DJ Moore, I know he's home right now, um, highly upset with himself. I understand the excitement and emotion that comes with this game, and he did a great 60-yard touchdown bomb from P.J. Walker that would have sealed the game and did a walk-off home run hitter here if he wasn't, didn't take off his helmet in the back of the end zone 
and calls an unsportsmanlike conduct type of play that's backs them up. That's a 15-yard penalty um, tacked on into the field goal, which causes them to kick it to miss it. They had another opportunity to go down and drive in overtime to win the game again, and they missed it. But, you know, the Falcons and their great Georgia Southern kicker, Hale Southern, um, young Hoku, did a great job of coming in and selling that game. But I think I want to throw a red flag out to the Panthers, not only the Panthers, not only DJ Moore, but to the Panthers as well and the kicker as well over there too, man. So um, that was my red flag and challenge of the week with DJ Moore and the Panthers. Cool, young Hoku, bro. He continues <laughs> to kick, man. That guy's one of the best in the NFL. Absolutely. That was bonus coverage in my area. The Cowboys had just won the game, and then they showed the bonus coverage of the Panthers and Falcons on that last drive. And I couldn't believe it, JJ. When I saw P.J. Walker connect with D.J. Moore on that Hail Mary, I was like, what in the world? I was beside myself. But then, yeah, that whole helmet, 15-yard penalty, missed the PAT. And then they went to overtime, and Eddie Pinero, the kicker, missed another one for the Panthers. I mean, that was brutal for Steve Wilkes, DJ Moore, all those involved. But I bet you were happy though, right? The Falcons get the dub, 4-4 yep. four and four atop the NFC South, and that's a perfect way to lead us into those Week 9 picks, JJ. There are some teams on a bye week. We got the Browns, the Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers that are on that Week 9 bye. We start the week on Thursday. Eagles 7-0 and at the Texans 1-5-1. I think this is going to be a bloodbath, JJ. I mean, Philadelphia, they continue to roll. They just blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. The Texans right now aren't really playing good football, especially on offense. Davis Mills, I know there is maybe some intrigue from some Texans fans about maybe this guy is our answer at quarterback. Well, I think this year has kind of proven that they need to go to the draft for their long-term answer at quarterback. But yeah. Philly here, JJ, I am not going to have to elaborate on it much. 34-13, right now that Philly team is firing on all cylinders, and Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that offense is just flying at another level. So I think they blow out Houston on Thursday night. Yeah, despite of Levy Smith and, and, and the great job that he's he's done, you know, turning a team that we didn't even think would be even – consider able to win, but they did some great job and some, had some surprising games as well. Uh, the great running back Pierce as well from South Georgia, the Florida product as well. Um, I just don't see, like you say, the offense, I don't see they don't have any type of uh, chemistry or, or identity right now as well. And we know how Philly's doing, man. Philly's taking care of business. They're checking them off. They're lining them up and knocking them down and playing good um, fundamental football on offense, defense, and special team as well. So, yeah, give me Philly here to win this one as well. The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. The Chargers 4-3, and three, Falcons 4-4. Four and four, Just talked about them. JJ, I like the direction Atlanta is headed. And that's because, look, they got that win on Sunday. They were without a lot of key players. They still didn't have A.J. Terrell, their number one corner. Corderell Patterson, their number one weapon on offense, not mentioning Kyle Pitts and Drake London, he's still on injured mm -hmm. reserve. And yeah. so they're going to get reinforcements soon. And Arthur Smith, I think, has done a fantastic job coaching down in Atlanta. Dean Pease on defense. So I'm going to roll with them here, JG. I think they continue this mojo 26-24. I think it'll be a thriller. 
Justin Herbert, you know, can be dangerous because he's got that arm and they're talented, but the Chargers are banged up right now. They're going to be without Mike Williams for several weeks. High ankle sprain. Keenan Allen is just working his way back from a hamstring injury. So I'm going to take Atlanta here by two. I think they continue that formula of running the football. And good news for Atlanta is that the Chargers are one of the worst run defensive teams in the NFL. That's a perfect recipe for a Falcons win. Yeah, um, good pick, man. And you know I'm going to go with my Falcons. I rise up, baby. Atlanta Falcons is taking care of business. Like you said, Arthur Smith, man, he's brought an identity to the team that we're going to run the ball first. And if we, if we don't run it, we're going to run it again second, third down as well, too. So he's doing a great job of changing up something that that um, Atlanta normally, they was good back with Kyle Shanahan, but when they kind of got away from it with Dan Quinn and different sorts, too, but they got back to their identity of running the ball first. And then, like you said, the Chargers can't. They can't seem to stop the run right now. I thought they they probably thought or assumed that they'd be in more of a lead type of uh, going into different games, as far as defensively and put some pieces together and let you know Boza and Mac just get after the quarterback once they kind of run the score up some. So yeah, give me Atlanta Falcons here too as well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dolphins at Bears. Miami 5-3. and three. Chicago 3-5 and five after taking that beating by the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. How about them Cowboys? 20-point loss. Now they're going to go back to uh, Soldier Field, JJ, to take on Tua in the high-flying offense. Tyree Kill is putting up video game numbers. I think he's almost yes, got 1,000 receiving yards, JJ. I'm going to roll with the Dolphins here. I think Tua continues to play really good football, and a lot of credit goes to Mike McDaniel for scheming up those plays, getting Tua comfortable in that offense. Defensively, Miami's trying to get healthier a little bit. They've been banged up as well. Chicago, though, I have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Uh they have really formed a philosophy run first. They will line up. They will pound the rock at you. They will run it down your throat, which is what we saw a little bit against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, and that's how they beat the Patriots. Khalil Herbert, DJ Montgomery, Justin Fields, and that offensive line, they get after it. And so if they can control the time possession, you know they're always going to have that ability to pull off an upset win. But right now, I think Miami is just functioning at a higher level. So I'll take the Dolphins here 27-20. Yeah, and um, I want to go back a little bit on the Dolphins as well, man. Tyreek Hill is playing phenomenal football, man. He he went up. He had 188 yards last week against the Lions. That's, that Lions team, um, under, we understand right now that they're kind of going through, doing, going through some different things, but they still play some good football, man. Waddle had 106 yards with two touchdowns. And Tua, man, coming off the injury and the things that he had with Cincinnati uh, against that Cincinnati game and, and the way that he's bounced back, man. He went 23 for 36, 382 yards and three touchdowns, man. That's something that's – kind of you know that's not not to be taken lightly in this league here man so uh, my hat's off to that Miami team and uh, that just gave me more confidence to go with them this weekend against the Chicago Bears and then like you said the Chicago Bears offense are coming around they're doing some things they're playing in Justin Fields favor and I'm um, finding something that works with him and get him outside of the pocket and expanding plays so uh, give me Miami Dolphins here needless less to say 
All right, Panthers, 2-6, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals right now, who are 4-4 four four after that embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football. I know I had chosen them, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast. They didn't look good. Miles Garrett feasted on Halloween night. Joe Burrow, I think, was sacked more than five times. Defensively, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. And Carolina, JJ, they're a dangerous team. Yes, they're 2-6. and six. Yeah. They're coming off that tight loss that they should have had if it wasn't for that DJ Moore, the kicker missing two field goals. So this isn't going to be an easy task for Cincinnati as they return home either. With that being said, though, this is a game I think that Joe Burrow and that offense, they get rolling again. Now they're going to have to navigate their way without Jamar Chase, their number one playmaker on offense, who's going to be sidelined for four to five weeks with that hip issue. So Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon, they're going to have to really elevate their level of play around Joe Burrow. And, of course, that offensive line has to clean things up as well. But I'll take Cincinnati here, 29-17. But be careful because P.J. Walker and that Panthers team and Deontay Foreman, who's rushed for over 100 yards, they will come right at you and they will make life difficult. So I'm going to say Bengals, but cautiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you after seeing what I've seen from Deontay Foreman. Uh, uh, Coach Wilk, Wilk said it himself. He said he's another version of uh, Derrick Henry, man, and he sh- he sure lived up to some of the expectations of that. He he ran the ball really good against the Falcon team that does a good job of kind of stopping the run and containing it. He had 118 yards with three touchdowns, man. So, like you said, the Panthers are on the verge of something good. P.J. Walker's playing some great ball um, as well. Um, I don't think that the Panthers have a strong enough um, D-line to kind of get after the Bengals, kind of like Cleveland did. So, with here, um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well. I think they got a bad taste in their mouth to get kind of uh, put on the embarrassment on the prime time the way they did last night. So, yeah, give me Cincinnati to respond back here to kind of get back in the wings of things and get back on the winning track here. Packers three and five at Lions one and six again Detroit just finds ways to lose games JJ Detroit has been in every single game outside of that blowout loss to the Patriots and of course the Cowboys ran away with it 24-6 but every other loss they've taken they have either had the lead at one point and they just cannot hang on to it of course they made a change they fired Aubrey Pleasant their defensive backs coach earlier this week I'm going to say Green Bay here, but Detroit, we all know the type of team they are, and they're very capable of winning at home. But at this stage, despite Green Bay being on this four-game losing streak, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers just because I think despite that loss against Buffalo, they may have found something on offense with that run game. Feeding Aaron Jones, feeding A.J. Dillon, getting Romeo Dobbs up to speed, that rookie wide receiver. They should have Alan Lazard back on the field. And so this is a critical game for Green Bay and their playoff chances, J.J. And so I expect them to respond and answer the bell on the road. So I'll go the Packers 27-24, but it's going to be a nail-biter. Yeah, um, um, if you would have told me Green Bay would be in the situation they was in this type of season and, and doing this um, midway through the season, you know, uh, I could have, you know, big difference. But I'm going to go to Lions here, man. This is my upset of the week right here. I think the Lions, I think they're going to rely more on Aaron Glenn to give him more control of the defense. Um, I think he, um, I think he's done a great job. I think he knows where he's at. He kind of understands the situation they're in. But I think if the Lions can pack the box, I like what Elliott brings from the safety position as well, too. He's a physical guy that loves to, to make contact and actually get in the run game. I think if the Lions can keep the Green Bay run attack to a minimum, 
I think they have to go back out to their rookie and a young receiver core that Green Bay has. And I think they have a chance with with um, with some of their first round draft picks at corner at the Lions to be able to upstand some of the the, uh, the receiving core that Green Bay Packers has. So give me Detroit Lions here. I, th- I think they're going to pack up the box. I think Aaron Glenn is going to take more control of the defense this week. And I think we're going to see a different Detroit Lions team come out and come out with a lot more fight as well to know that what's at state right here. So um, I think they know Green Bay as well. They play them twice a year. I think they're going to stack the box and stop those two running two running backs that uh, Green Bay has. And I think they found a way to get it done here. All right, so JJ with the upset special going with the Detroit Lions. Okay, I like it. I've gone with Detroit this year, and you know what? They always get you close, but they just haven't been able to finish (laughs) games. So we'll see how they do against Green Bay on Sunday. Now, JJ, another pivotal game here. Raiders 2-5. and They're coming off a horrific showing in New Orleans. Now they're going to go to Jacksonville and take on a Jaguars team that is and 2-6. But much like the Lions, though, JJ, this Jacksonville team has been in every single game that they've lost. They've lost by 3 points, 4 points. That game they dropped to the Giants a couple weeks ago, they were stopped inches shy from the goal line. Then they lose another tight game in London to the Broncos on Sunday so they are much better than that two and six record that they have and so the Raiders and Josh McDaniels I know his seat's a little bit warm they got to be careful going to Jacksonville and that is why JJ I'm going Duval (laughs) right here I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars 30-26 Travis Etienne is going off now that they've traded James Robinson he's the clear cut number one Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence needs to limit some of those bonehead mistakes but defensively I like where they're headed with this front seven now of course that's if they don't trade Josh Allen their pass rusher before today's deadline but as long as he's on that team and you got Trevon Walker the number one overall pick Jacksonville gets it done here JJ by four 30-26 yeah, I agree with you. I think the Raiders got a lot of things they got to look at. They got to look themselves in the mirror and really find, um, uh, figure out kind of what's what's good, what's working for them, and what's not. They're they're too good of a team, too good of a head coach over there, too good of a front office to not to be in the better situation that they're in. And like you say, for all the reasons for Jacksonville, Eaton is running away with the ball. He's doing some great job. He's doing a great job. They're using their receivers, Kurt uh, Ingram as well, doing some great things in the passing game as well. Their defense, their front seven is doing a great job. Secondary is holding together some than not. But uh, like you say, man, Jacksonville, I like Jacksonville. I think they're a better team right now. And uh, I think Jacksonville as well win this game. Colts at Patriots. This is another important game. A Colts team mentioned earlier, fired their uh, offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, 3-4-1. They're reeling. Patriots, 4-4, four four, coming off a big win over the New York Jets. JJ, I like New England here, 23-20. Sam Ellinger is now the quarterback for the Colts, and I think he played pretty well on Sunday. But New England, you know that Bill Belichick always loves to have something for unproven quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he'll have his defense ready here. Mac Jones has been inconsistent up and down, but as long as Ramondre Stevenson... Damian mm-hmm. Harris and that run game, as long as they're firing in all cylinders and they're running the ball effectively as we've seen them in recent weeks, I like New England at home by three, 
Yeah, I think New I think New England's kind of you know figured out where they're at in life and different sorts like that. I think they see that hey, you know we're gonna have to do some things that we normally don't do. We can't always put it on the quarterback or blame it on we don't have an OC and different sort. So they put it back to their defense. I think their defense responded well last week. They did some great things against a great um, New York Jets team. Uh, I think they're going to come out, get after the pass rusher. Like you said, they're going to drop some schemes that Sam haven't seen yet. So that's key. I think Belichick knows that, hey, when he sees a guy that's, like you say, unproven and haven't had a lot of snaps and reps um, underneath the, the NFL Sunday night lights and different sorts like that, I think, you know, he he prides and, and he's on that. So, yeah, give me New England here and Belichick here with the mastermind that he does on defense. Uh, I think the defense is going to have a great game and they're going to pull it off here in New England as well. Bills at Jets here. Bills 6-1, and one, Jets 5-3 and three, coming off that loss. They're at home again, JJ. Another divisional matchup. And, you know, the Jets, they're going to be playing with some desperation. They understand the importance. They already lost last week against the Patriots and they're going to have to find a way to upset the Bills who are just a daunting challenge right now. Unfortunately for the Jets though I don't think they have enough to get it done especially after seeing Zach Wilson how up and down he's been a roller coaster ride on offense they're gonna look at James Robinson as one of those bell cow running backs that can hopefully replace some of the production that Brees Hall was giving them but it Mm -hmm. won't be enough the Bills they just are on another level right now Josh Allen is a cheat code and now I like that they're incorporating James Cook a little bit, the rookie. That's yeah. Calvin Cook's brother. He's provided them a spark on offense. Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs has been uncoverable. Even though the Jets secondary has been very good this year, the Bills will overwhelm the Jets a little bit too much. And because of that lack of Zach Wilson being a threat to throw the ball efficiently, I think the Bills run away with this one 30-16. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bills' defense is just too much for the Jets, uh, as well as their offense as well. Like you say, for all the reasons they play makes that they have inside and out, they're using James Cook. I know what they think. They, they, they knew exactly what they was getting when they got James Cook out of Florida State and what the great things in Georgia that he does as well. So I'm um, getting mixed up with his, his brother, Delvin Cook. But we all knew the thing that James Cook uh, provide. He provides a mismatch out of the backfield. And um, I just think that the offensive defense right now for Buffalo is clicking on all cylinders. And um, I think they got something to prove here, man. So I think they're going to keep on this winning streak. Give me Buffalo Bills as well. Vikings at Commanders. Vikings six and one. Commanders four and four. Talked about Taylor Heineke and the job he's done. I mean, they're at 500 and they're currently in the playoff mix. But I do want to take this time to give the Vikings some credit. Six and one. They don't get talked about as much as they should. Kirk Cousins is playing really well offensively. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Now you add T.J. Hawkinson in the mix. Irv Smith when he's healthy. This is a Vikings team that is very dangerous and should get the respect that they deserve. Kevin O'Connell has done a fantastic job, J.J. And so Minnesota, despite Washington playing some really good football right now, now I think Kirk Cousins is going to go back to Washington his former team I think that offense will be a little bit too much for Washington to overcome I'll go Minnesota here but closer than some people may think because I think Taylor Heineke is going to keep the commanders in this one all the way to the end but I'll go Minnesota 24-20 yeah I'm with you on that Minnesota's playing some great football 
we all knew the kind of team that Kevin O'Connor had once he accepted that job there. We know what kind of scheme he's come from. And they, they're doing a lot of great things. They're not doing things to kind of wild people or, or, or just blowing them out in the sense. But they're getting the job done. They're 6-1, and one, and that's hard to do in the NFL league nowadays. So they're doing a great job, man, of doing things, playing good fundamental football, complementary football off of each other. The pass rush is rushing for them. The secondary is home. We know what kind of veteran presence they have back there with Harrison as well as Patrick Peterson, too. So when you got guys that's understanding and, and, and trying to get this goal done, I think they understand it and they're getting it and playing some great complimentary football. So give me Minnesota Vikings here as well. Seahawks, the NFC West leaders, 5-3 and three at the Arizona Cardinals, 3-5, and five, JJ. Another team that I think all of us are scratching our heads and saying what exactly is going wrong in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury obviously being under fire. Kyler Murray gets paid a huge extension. He hasn't been playing up to par either. As weird as this may sound, because I don't think a lot of people will buy it, but this is my upset special of the week right here, JJ. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't expect the Cardinals to be underdogs in this game, but with the way Seattle is playing, with the way Geno Smith has his team rallying and fighting for each other, the young DBs playing some really good football, Tariq Woolen, shout out UTSA. This is a game that Seattle, I think, has to like their chances of yeah. winning, especially with Kenneth Walker running the way he is. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are healthy. Upset pick of the week right here. I'm going with the Cardinals. They're at home. Backs okay. against the wall. They need this one. It's a divisional game. Give me Arizona. Kyler Murray's going to have to find a way to be more consistent. And it's going to help now that DeAndre Hopkins is back. It's already been proven. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has gone off the last two games since he's been back from suspension. So I think that's the difference, JJ. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray connection gets Arizona a big-time win at home, 27-21 over a very hot Seahawks team. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, since Hopkins been back, this Carolina man, this um, Arizona Cardinals team had looked totally different, man, on the offensive side of the ball. We all know how important that number one receiver and number one key piece is to an offense like uh, passing a heavy team like Kyler Murray and Arizona Cardinals. But I'm going to jump on with the Seahawks, man. The Seahawks are hot right now. They believe. They got faith. Their defense is playing good ball. They're not turning the ball over a lot on the offense. And um, anytime you're playing good football like this, and Pete Carroll, he always finds a way to get to his team and get them to believe, man. I think they believe it now. I think they got confidence. They done went in in some high-style environments and got some Ws as well. I think they take care of business. They go into the Arizona as well, know how important this is in the conference um, and the conference for them and actually having to leave for a chance with nobody else believing them. So I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep rolling with um, Geno Smith here in the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to be able to go into this high-style environment, take care of business, Keep your eyes, keep your safety over the top of your um, over DeAndre Hopkins and um, take care of some of the running games, that different things that Kyler Murray do in the option game as well, too. And I think they get a chance to pull it off here. Now we got three more matchups here to close out week nine. Rams versus Buccaneers, 325 p.m., America's Game of the Week on Fox, JJ. Now both of these teams are not where everybody thought they would be after eight weeks. Three and four for the Rams coming off another loss to the 49ers. The 49ers have just owned L.A. in recent years. And the Buccaneers, three and five, another team. Tom Brady reeling, offensive line, broken apart in Tampa. They lose Shaq Barrett to a torn Achilles, so they take another blow and so yeah. this matchup right here, JJ, I had some difficulties picking a winner just because I think both of these teams have the talent, though, despite injuries, to get back on track. 
And I'm going to go ahead and give the slight edge to Tampa here, 24-23 in a close game. I think being at home will be the difference. And as much as I want to go with the Rams, Matthew Stafford just hasn't looked good this season. And now Cooper Cup, he's banged up with an ankle injury. He's expected to play, but that's not going to help having him not at 100% either. Tampa and Todd Bowles, I think they have really dealt with a lot of criticism. Byron Leftwich taking a lot of heat from Bucks fans about their offense not functioning to a higher level. Mike Evans had a big drop. Chris Godwin hasn't played very well. This is a game, I think, where they rebound here. They get a win at home, 24-23 over the L.A. Rams. Yeah, both of these teams right now are kind of, you know, struggling, coming back from the dumbest that they've done over the last few years. I think they kind of had us um, expecting and actually kind of spoiled in a sense because of the great teams that they've been in the past uh, last two seasons. Rams even coming off the Super Bowl as well. So um, their O-line right now, both of their O-lines is not really holding up. I think the Rams uh, defensive line from Aaron Donald is doing some great things. He's doing the best that he can right now with Jalen Ramsey. I just think the back, the back secondary for the Rams right now, they're not, you know, playing up to par as they should be, you know, just from a defensive standpoint, the team that was one of the best team defense last year. So like you say, for all the reasons, Todd Bowles, I think they, uh, Tom Brady, it's hard to beat Tom Brady to go back to back to back losses like the way um, it's kind of been set up. But I think he's going to turn around with this team here to get some of his key pieces back on the offense. I think the defense broke it down here and take care of business at home. So give me Tampa Bay Buccaneers home as well. Primetime matchups, Titans and Chiefs. This one will be a really good one. Marquee matchup, Tennessee 5-2, and two, Kansas City 5-2. and two. This will be at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, the Titans are interesting, J.J., because we'll see how Ryan Tannehill progresses. He has an ankle sprain, so he was out on Sunday. We saw the rookie Malik Willis get the start. Now, of course, he didn't really have to do much when King Henry went off for another 200 yards rushing in Houston. But yeah, Tennessee is dangerous just because they can dominate the game. They can control time of possession with Derrick Henry in that offensive line. And so I do think they have a shot to go into KC and to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. But as much as I want to go with Tennessee here, being at home, I'm going to go with Kansas City again, 31-24, in what should be a dynamic game between two contenders in the AFC, JJ. But Patrick Mahomes is a clear-cut favorite for MVP right now, in my opinion. He's playing at just a a very high level, Travis Kelsey. And then you got Juju Smith-Schuster starting to play, and he's coming to light as well. And... Uh, Miko Hardman and defensively, the young guys and George Karloftis, they're starting to get a little bit of a a groove going with Steve Spagnuolo. And so I'll go KC here, 31-24 over Tennessee. But Mike Vrabel, one thing we all know for sure, JJ, is he will have his team ready to rock and roll at 7.20 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, I think we, we know in the history as well that Tennessee has went into the Chiefs and took care of business in the past. But like you say, man, Mahomes is playing some great ball. He's him in the connection with Kelsey is one of the best ones, the best duos in the league right now. Um, their defense is feeding off of. They had a time to come off of a week break to kind of get everybody in regroup as well. I think they probably had come on um, an extra week to kind of study for Tennessee as well too. So uh, I think if you know if the Chiefs come out and, and they take care of business early, I think it'll be a, kind of not a blowout, but kind of a uh, one-sided game. But if Tennessee get a chance to go in here and start off 
on a great foot, they may have a chance. But give me Mahomes here. I think they're going to take care of business prime time. We all know what kind of player Mahomes is on prime time. So give me Kansas City here to win this one. To close out week nine, Ravens five and three at the New Orleans Saints three and five. This could be a big game for the Saints. If they can pull it off, JJ, they're coming off a nice shutout win over the Raiders. They're at home in a hostile environment. Talked about the Ravens. We're going to get to see Roquan Smith make his debut there for that Baltimore defense that desperately needed one of those impact players in the middle of their defense. I'm going to go Baltimore here just because Lamar Jackson, even though the Saints defense may be onto something, maybe they're going to finally start showing out the talent that they have on defense. But Lamar Jackson has been incredible this season. I think he finds a way offensively to get the Ravens the win in a very tough environment. Defensively, I honestly think even though it's going to be one week, I think Roquan Smith will make an impact as well going Uh up against Andy Dalton. And so for those reasons, I'll go Baltimore by a field goal, 23-20. Yeah, I like Baltimore as well. And don't forget also they added the weapon, Deshaun Jackson, in the matchup as well, too. He's coming in. I think he had a week to kind of get his feet underneath him. And I can't wait to see him do great things as well because he still can fly and still do some great things as well. So I think they're going to add an extra weapon to Lamar Jackson. He get a chance to showcase his arm and throw it deep and spread that Saints team out deeply this time, which actually giving them an actual better chance of doing some things. And we all know how they run heavy so much. You got Deshaun Jackson to blow the top off, and you got the good running game that you have. It gives you all the arsenal to go out here and get the job done. So I like Baltimore Ravens here going down to who they nation and get it done. And this may be a game for Jackson to go off because Rashad Bateman, their number one receiver is going to be out for several weeks with a foot injury. This is a game where Mark Andrews, I think also plays a big role for Baltimore considering that he is indeed active and healthy, but there it is week nine of the NFL season. We're beyond that halfway point, JJ. It was a pleasure chatting these matchups with you. It is trade deadline day. We've already seen a shocking trade as we were on the air, TJ Hawkinson heading to Minnesota. We'll see what else the NFL has for us as we approach the 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline. But until next week, JJ, it's always a blessing, brother. Hope you have a great rest of the afternoon. Hey, I, you know, it's always a pleasure, man, and a blessing. I hope you have a great week as well. I can't wait to see how these weeks, nine picks turn out. And, man, I hope you have a great and amazing week as well, man. Thanks again. All right, blessings. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.